Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seattle to Unknown. I am Melinda. And I'm Sarah. And welcome everybody new and old to your favorite ever travel podcast. We've decided that for you. You don't have to decide. We've decided. We're your favorite. Yeah, we've told you multiple times, so you should just embrace it. Think of it as as us taking a burden off your shoulders. You were probably sitting at home or in your car thinking, man, what is my favorite favorite travel podcast? And you know what? We've told you. You don't even have to decide anymore. Yeah. No brainer. It's us. (laughs) Because we like you for liking us, so thank you. Yeah, thanks for sticking around. Yeah, we totally appreciate it. Or thanks for joining us. We are getting a lot of new downloads every week from places that we weren't necessarily expecting expecting so but we are totally excited to have you here exactly and share us with your friends so that we can watch our download map light up like christmas because we just hit we just sit at the computer and hit hit refresh multiple times to see if there's somebody new constantly because we are egomaniacal and we want to know that people are thinking of us (laughs) at all times we just want to know that we might be doing something right. I think that's something we're constantly saying when we're looking at statistics and whatnot. Like, oh my gosh, people like us. We might be doing something right. Maybe. And that's, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. And we appreciate all of you guys for listening to us. And hopefully yeah. sharing us with your friends. Agreed. But yeah. Oop. Uh, should we start with our in-flight cocktails? Sure. I do not have an in-flight cocktail because I am kind of stuck in bed because of the recording equipment and whatnot. But I did have a very, very delightful drink this week that I thought I'd share, which is I finally found a store in Germany that sells root beer, and it makes me very happy. (laughs) Yay, root beer! Was it the best root beer in the world? No. But could I put ice cream in it and make a float? Yes. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Was it like the spicier root beer or like a mellow one? Does that make sense? It was more mellow and not super flavorful. Like it, if you thought of like a Barks root beer and then watered it down a little bit, that was kind of what it was. That's a spicier root beer. Yeah, but this, I don't know. This wasn't quite... It wasn't I think the it, best, but it'll do. Yeah, exactly. I think it was made okay. for German audiences, and Germans aren't exactly known for loving root beer. So I think this was like, like the baby food version. Like it's a step in the right direction. They're not quite up to solid foods yet. <laughs> Why have root beer when you have beer? Because root beer is so much better, and you can have it at any time. I know, but when you think of Germany, you definitely think of beer. Yeah, well, and it reminds me of my coworker who I, I was trying to explain root beer to them, and so I bought a bag of root beer barrels, because those are much cheaper to import. And so I gave out some candy, and she put it in her mouth, and next thing I knew, I could hear someone retching, and I turn around, and she's spitting it out into the trash can, shouting, did you poison me? That tasted like trees. <laughs> like what? It tastes like trees. Oh, um, okay, that's a different way to describe it, I guess. <laughs> so, huh. that is my cocktail of the week. Admittedly, I drank it yesterday. That's fair. Um... I didn't actually have my cocktail last week with me. I had it later on in the day. And I just want to say that um, last week's cocktail was a beer from Rogue Brewery. And it was rhubarb schmoobarb, something like that. <laughs> so it was like a strawberry rhubarbish ale. It wasn't bad. Would I get it again? Probably not because I wouldn't know what to drink it with. But it wasn't too bad. But this week, I also have something kind of local for me. And I'm giving a try to one of the hard seltzers. Ooh. That seems risky. 
a little bit. Um, it's a San Juan seltzer, like San Juan Islands here in Washington, and it's huckleberry flavored. See, that sounds so. good, but as soon as you put hard into the equation, I don't know. And it doesn't really tell you, it's gotta be like just, it's alcohol from cane sugar is what it says. So I'm like, I don't know. Okay. Let's give this a try. Cause you know, my my track record with uh, canned drinks have been so great. <laughs> Oh, no, that's good. It's sweeter than I thought it would be. I'm intrigued. You like something. Hmm. Well, this is definitely drinkable, unlike the hard coconut water, which was a big mistake. (laughs) We need a spinoff podcast where you just try drinks. Me? Yeah, because your reactions are so strong. There's never just a, okay. It's always, I really like this, or, oh my god, I'm going to go vomit. What's in my mouth? That's something you should be (laughs) able to answer at all times. Okay. Six fest successful drink of the week in flight cocktail hard must be if you're already slurring your words and apparently i am too i'm sorry yeah off of your air you know what the air is very rich here oh okay is that what it is it's just full of oxygen getting you high exactly it's like when you climb everest you have to have your little oxygen tank unless you're crazy yeah no there's a lot of crazies so that brings us to our weekly updates what you got going on so i haven't gotten my dna results back yet but mike did and so we we looked at them and i died laughing when like the first like thing that pops up says 100 percent european <laughs> So I'm going to say that's pretty white. Yeah, he's basically as white as white as can be, which I thought was funny. But then when we clicked on it and looked at it more, it was actually predominantly British Isles. And there was a little bit of Scandinavian and a little bit of um, Southeast Europe. So like Italy, Greece, everything kind of in that region, which Mm -hmm. we thought was pretty cool because he thought it was going to be just really, really German, which there was a little bit in there, but not as heavy German. Like it was way, way, way out there. Like down the generations German. So that was pretty cool. And that is most of British Isles, he could be maybe far off Viking. <laughs> Does he give you the the impression that he's super Viking like? No, but I think he's a big fan of the fact that he could be a little Viking from far, far away. He just so. needs to get his hands on a sword and see just how Viking he is. Or maybe we need to go and do like the hatchet throwing. I've done that. It's fun. It looks really fun. Okay, I want to do this. But yeah. So yeah, it was pretty cool figuring out um, more details of what his genetics were made out of. I can't wait to find mine. Do you have an ETA on yours yet? Uh, Maybe like early July, like worst case scenario. His came back earlier than what their ETA was saying. But again, they got his DNA before mine because mine was just kind of in limbo for a while. So hopefully soon. Is it possible? possible that they're delaying the results on yours because they've found something they can't identify like alien you are like hooked on this theory aren't you yes because i've spent a lot of time with you and i have theories yeah but i eat sandwiches you don't weirdo so you can't pronounce the word escape <laughs> or coupon i can but there's more fun ways to pronounce things also you just asked me a few minutes ago how to copy and paste so just say i wasn't asking i was just kind of talking out loud but Okay, judge where. My theory is either alien or time traveler. Ooh, time traveler. That'd be cool. Do you have any hoop skirts? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Okay. You're just going to make fun of me. Your honor, I rest my case. What about pantaloons? No, fresh out. We set those on fire. Was that like the medieval version of burning your bra? Yeah, pretty much. We were liberating our legs. (laughs) 
from your crinolines. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Once again, things got weird. <laughs> Surprise. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's my weekly update. Do you have anything besides your newfound root beer? Um, let's see. Last week we went on another team event and I got to ride on a party train. What? Yeah, it's like a 1950s or 1960s retired train that they drive around the city and we blasted Backstreet Boys and there was a lot of white wine and it may have involved like leaning out of the windows singing everybody that was the song we were singing to passersby and occasionally when the doors opened at a train station we would jump out the door and shout old people come with us what none of them wanted to come with us and i don't know why oh well Uh, this wasn't mostly me i got to sit inside and watch other people do it but it was really funny watching the older individuals sitting at the stops kind of toying with the idea for a minute like should should i go with them they seem like they're having fun i might get wine out of this deal yeah we drank a lot of white wine a lot of beer and it was possibly a little bit too much (laughs) i woke up the next morning going i'm getting slightly too old for this or maybe you just went a little too hard possibly are you allowed to stay in germany if you can't go that hard anymore no they kick you out it's part of your residency test first they check your language skills then they check your alcohol tolerance and uh then they check your language skills again because theoretically they should go up when you're drunk Oh, God. That would be a fun job. Testing drunk people? Yeah. (laughs) Next week, going to a beer garden, and then we're going to do archery. Yeah. Oh, shit. I believe so, and I have some concerns, but uh, I guess if there's no episode of the podcast next week, you will know I have lost a limb or an eye. Oh, man. Who decided these things? Not I. Honestly, who put the events in that order? Maybe you should do archery and then go to the beer garden. One would celebration. think. See, I'm not concerned about me because I did used to teach archery at camp, but I'm concerned about everyone around me. <laughs> Look, I'm Katniss. I'm going to try shooting four arrows at once. Whee! Yeah, that's that's very much, I feel, 10 things I hate about you <laughs> when she's pulling the string back and then she turns right in the butt. and then shoots the teacher. Yeah, because, you know, they changed their aim yeah. and they let go because they weren't paying attention and being safe. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. It should be interesting, if nothing else. Good Wait luck, for that everybody. update in a couple, in a week. All right. So moving on, um, our new story for the week has to do about uh, the very famous deer in Nara in Japan. And uh, apparently they're getting killed by plastic Aww. waste from tourists. I know. It's kind of sad. I found this article on MSN and um, basically uh, in Nara, Japan, there's uh, an attraction of Nara Park where there's, um, does it tell me how many deer? It's a park that spans 5,000 square meters and it's home to around 1,200 Sika deer and they are considered sacred and to have protected national treasure status. So they're a big deal to Japan. And they've had, uh, well, let's see, in the last year, they've had 2 million visitors to the park about, and there are deer that are dying due to swallowing plastic left behind by tourists. They've had six deer die since March. That's a lot. This year. It is a lot. They did an autopsy on one of the deer, and it showed that it had 4.3 kilograms, so about 9.4 pounds. That's a lot. Their stomachs can't possibly be that big. And they're small deer. They're not crazy big or anything. They're relatively small. Um... 
They've also had 29 deer that were killed in traffic accidents in 2018 because they'll wander across the yeah, road. that kind of makes sense. The amount of plastic in one deer's stomach. Yeah, for people who haven't been able to see the deer in Nara yet, like there is a park that's surrounded on all sides by like thoroughfares. And most of the deer were pretty good about stopping and looking both ways before they crossed the street. Because I think they, they don't leave this area. They're all generations of them have lived in this area and obviously know that cars surround them but i guess if you dart across a road things can happen yeah especially if you notice like oh hey this person has food mm-hmm. because they have um they have different vendor stalls and they're all selling sinbei so they're uh, a rice cracker that's meant specifically for the deer and they come in environmentally friendly packaging it's just that the amount of tourists that are going there because one of the neat things about those deer is that they'll bow to you before they get crackers unless they're greedy and very hungry and it's so cute <laughs> then they're not as nice but they'll bow to you but uh, it's just a lot of plastic waste that they're just discarding and not being aware of it's plastic bags it's pull rings cups bottles they've all been spotted in the park the ceo of a responsible travel said that the nara deer have become the latest victims of deadly over tourism from their run-ins with traffic to the now rising problem of plastic pollution their protected status is in question at the hands of irresponsible tourism yeah that's so sad especially yeah especially since they're considered to be sacred animals of that park. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things they tell you before you go to Japan is that whatever trash you bring, you must pack out because while Japan is an incredibly clean country, they don't have a lot of public trash cans, which for better or for worse, that's just sort of what it is. But they also have a ton of vending machines everywhere. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know how many different like coffee machine, coffee vending machines we passed, drinks, all that kind of stuff. They're just everywhere. And if you have tourists visiting who aren't respectful about the fact that your trash is your responsibility and you need to pack it out with you, I could see how this could happen pretty easily. Yeah, and they don't really want to encourage people to make the wildlife dependent on food given to people, but that's something that's kind of unique to this park. Mm-hmm. They're maybe not like entirely reliant, but you know, they're they're pretty friendly deer. Like they're not super scared of you or anything. They're pretty sweet. Some of them are a little overzealous if you're feeding the deer in front of you and you're ignoring you know, the deer that's on your right, they might bite you. How did you learn Fun about facts. that? And uh, I got bit by a deer in Nara. You got bit hard. Yeah, I got bit pretty hard. It startled me. It didn't break skin, but boy, did I bruise. I bruised good. I felt so bad for laughing, but I could see her being bitten. And just the look on your face of sheer terror as if you wanted to run, but you were so surrounded by deer that you couldn't. Yeah. Because that one was being a little turd and wanted it wanted Simbe and it wanted it now. Okay, buddy. I mean, they have signs too, like, hey, these are still wild animals, so you might be kicked or headbutt or bit, and it's kind of your own problem. Yeah, pretty much. Like, you do this, you undertake this activity at your own risk. But it was worth it because those deer are so cute. They're really sweet. And the fact that you're allowed to feed them and interact with them so closely was a really cool experience. Yeah. But you just got to pick up after yourselves, you guys. You can't. These poor deer, they don't deserve to die from ingesting all that plastic and chemicals and whatnot. Gotta be responsible tourists. It reminds me of the story of the the pigs in the Bahamas. Oh, the little swimming pigs? Yeah, they've had a problem. Well, I don't know how long they've had this problem, but at least for a few years that drunk tourists keep trying to force feed 
them beer. No. And so the pigs are getting drunk. They're eating things they shouldn't because they're drunk. I believe they're also finding that their stomachs are full of sand. I think that's what I read. It's been a while. But basically it's due to tourists overhandling them. So uh, Poor pigs. So clean up after yourselves. and So if you're clean up after yourselves, be respectful that these are living creatures too and they deserve to be respected as well. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? Be better. Be a responsible tourist and be kind to the deer and Nara and the pigs in the Bahamas. Just, you know, maybe if you see something that someone, you know, toss on the ground plastic-wise, pick it up, throw it in the right receptacle, help take care. You might set a good example for everybody else that's around that sees you doing that. On a related topic, I actually just read about a tour in Denmark where you rent a kayak from them, but it's for free. They give you a little trash picker and a trash bag, and you can use their boat as long as you want, so long as when you come back you have a full bag of trash. So, like, just cleaning the the junk out of the canals for them. I thought it was an interesting concept. Alright, that's our uh, environmental travel news corner. Uh, This week's topic, we're talking about mo money, mo travel. So, money-saving techniques for while you're traveling, because nobody wants to go into debt on vacation. Mo money, more travel, huh? Mo money, mo travel. I thought it was fun. (laughs) Okay, if you insist. I guess you could probably tell after a while who's coming up with the titles. If it's ridiculous, I probably did it. Well, generally speaking, I just pick a title from the episode, whereas you write one down and try to get yourself to say it. <laughs> this was easy to do, though. Yeah. I will easily say something stupid. Oh, that's our title. First episode, you were warned. That's our title. I will easily say something stupid. I will stu- easily say something stupid. <laughs> God. Nailed it. I like my title. But anyways, you were warned from the epi- first episode that stupid shit was going to happen. This is true. So We did come with a warning label. No surprise. <laughs> we were smart. Um, so yeah, as you plan your travels, you might realize that your airfare and your lodging can kind of get expensive. So certain ways to keep your budget on track that you're not going through, you know, your million dollar account in five seconds. You have a million dollar account? handy. No, I don't. Is that a lie? Are you not sharing with me? No, I definitely did not win the lotto. Maybe, maybe Saturday night. You better. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. But um, so you don't go through everything that you budgeted or your whole savings and checking account in like a couple days. One of our tips is going to be that you can bring your own snacks on the flight. If it's one of those airlines that they don't provide free snacks or meals, you have to provide your own or pay for theirs. Highly recommend bringing your own snacks, but please just remember that hummus can't fly. (laughs) I feel like this will be the hell we die on. It's just shouting at people, stop complaining about not being able to bring hummus. I'm okay with that. It's just funny that hummus was such a hot topic all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah, I mean hummus is good but if you take my hummus away I'm not gonna cry about it. No I'll be sad but I'll get over it. (laughs) So yeah plan ahead if you know you're flying with a budget airline bring some stuff so you're not miserable and don't pay for that $12 sandwich. There's no such thing as a sandwich that's worth $12. Yeah it's probably not that great and not worth the $12. So bring things that are also not gonna be obnoxious on the plane for everybody around you. Yes this is true. I as someone who sat next to a girl eating pickles and a guy or a guy eating pickles 
Eagles, girl eating stinky cheese. I am a little bit annoyed by these airlines that charge for food because some people don't have a sense of what it's like being trapped in an enclosed space with stinky food. Hey, those people found love on that flight though. We've talked about it. Ugh. Yeah, well, they can be gross together. So bring foods with minimal stink factors. And ones that are probably going to be healthier options for you. Yeah, because that food is never particularly good. Maybe not super messy foods either. I'm someone that like, I can't stand when people eat messy foods and then they continue to touch like everything around them. So I'm taking notes for our next trip. Gonna bring some messy stuff, lick my fingers and then like poke you a few times. I'm not afraid to hit you, Sarah. Don't push me. No, it's just, it's so disrespectful. I feel when... This is what happens when you work in a grocery store and you see everything. It's just gross. They're there. Or if you have messy foods, bring your own like wet wipes or something to wipe yourself down or something so you're not getting whatever you ate on fucking everything you touch. So, <sighs> so when I pack food for a trip, Cheetos, yes or no? No, I like Cheetos, but I don't get Cheeto fingers on everything. Fine. So the types of things you might want to consider packing, trail mix, granola bars, Thomas. crackers. There's lots of easy things that have no liquids in them that are readily available. So you should be able to go through a grocery store and walk out with 10 different things that would be perfect. And if you need something a little bit more sustainable, protein bars. There's a lot of different options. There's some good ones. There's some bad ones. Help tide you over until you can get off the plane and get to real food. Yeah, and if you go with this technique and you're really wanting to save money, do not get food once you land at the airport. Get further afield from the airport because for some reason, well, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Stuff in the airport is expensive because they know you need something quick and easy so and it'll probably make you feel like garbage after eating it too so just get yourself to a grocery store or literally anywhere that is not in that airport yeah also on that note uh bringing your own coffee oatmeal kind of breakfast items is also a good way to save money when you're abroad you're in a different state or wherever you end up going that's not home just simple things like that can save you quite a bit of money especially bringing your own instant coffee because buying coffee Coffee is expensive a lot of places. Yeah, well, and right now we are planning a trip to the Nordics and everything in the Nordics is incredibly expensive. For instance, we were just looking at a hotel that had, that you could pay for the breakfast in addition to the room itself, which isn't that unusual, but the breakfast was 20 euros per person per day. And you know who's not going to pay that? These two broke ladies. Unless it's like the breakfast feast that doesn't end. We would literally have to be able to sit there until lunch and keep eating for it to be worth it. Yeah, it's it's one thing if they have an affordable breakfast option, but when it's a lot and you're not quite sure what you're getting yourself into, I don't think it's worth it. I mean, worst case scenario, if it looks good and it sounds good for an option one day, then you can probably spring for it while you're there, but you don't have to include it into your plan if you're not quite sure what you're getting into for that much money. Yeah, so especially for the Nordics in Iceland, which we hear time and time again are some of the most expensive places to travel, just do some prep upfront. If you can bring... Go to bonus. Yeah, exactly. Find the cheap options and where you can't meet your needs with the cheap options, supplement with stuff that you can bring from home. Mm -hmm. And breakfast is an easy one because you don't need a whole lot. You just need enough to get you up and going for the day. And then you can find snacks that you can split with your travel partner or like small snacks, reasonable lunch options to get you through the day. Breakfast is something you shouldn't skip, but it's something you don't have to go all out for. Yeah, exactly. And that's the nice thing about these like instant oatmeal packets and stuff 
have is that they're really small. They don't take up that much space. But as you use them, you free up some space in your bag for souvenirs. So that's our snack portion on that. Uh, another way to save money is not picking your, your seat on the plane. Just let the dice roll. What's the worst thing that could possibly happen? You don't know who you're going to be sitting to anyways if you pick your seat. So you might as well just, you know, roll that dice. Yeah. And the thing is, is that unless you're traveling with a child or someone who needs assistance, so you really do have to be next to this person, it's kind of worth the gamble because a lot of times just to avoid nastiness on the plane, they'll put you next to your travel buddy anyway. Plus, if we all refuse to pay to pick a seat, then when we get to the airport, we'll have plenty of seats to choose from anyway. So be a part of the traveling community and we can all collectively choose not to pick a seat. Yeah, I mean, does it make a big difference? I mean, a lot of them will let you choose your seat without a fee, but is it worth paying? Gosh, some of those fees are really expensive too. Yeah, and if you're not going to be picking like an exit row or a bulkhead seat, I don't, I know nobody wants to be in the middle, but more and more people are refusing to pay those fees. And when you get to the airport, you have your pick. Like you check in there, you get to pick a seat. It costs you nothing. So sure, it's a little bit of a gamble. You could theoretically be stuck in a middle seat, but there's your incentive to get to the airport slightly earlier and not miss your flight, but also pick a better seat than if you come right as the gate's closing. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes even if you picked when you checked in online, it might have changes to it too. I've heard of that happening a few times. I don't think it's supposed to happen that way, but it can. Yeah. Well, you know, the joys of technology and whatnot, sometimes there's a glitch. This is true. So save yourself the money. Go just take the gamble. Again, most times you will be sitting by whoever you're booked with. So no big deal. And worst case scenario, you're not sitting next to them for however many hours. I think we're all adults. We don't need to be right next to our buddy at all times. I need constant supervision. I don't know what you're talking about. That's why when we go to Disneyland and whenever we see signs that say parents hold children's hand, I always grab for yours. This is true. <laughs> I actually do do that. Doo-doo. <laughs> Doo-doo. Yep. So next. Also, <laughs> sticking to carry-on luggage can save you a lot of money. Some places will let you tra- uh, check your first bag for free when you're traveling. So if you need to, take advantage of that. But if they're going to charge an outrageous amount of money, try to stick to just carry-on so you don't have to pay that extra fees. And also make sure you're abiding by their weight and size limits so you don't get unexpected fees when you get to the airport or to the gate. Yeah, plane by their rules will save you a lot of money. And not only do you save on baggage fees, but the potential of having your bag lost and needing to replace its contents, that saves you a lot of money too. If your bag is never separated from you, you can't lose, it can't be lost by the airline and it can't cost you money when you arrive. Yeah, because the airline will only try and compensate you for so much dollar amounts of what they think your stuff's worth versus what you probably think your stuff is worth. Sometimes they don't seem to care. I read an article about someone that had traditional clothing because they're going to like a culture show or something and the airline's like yeah that's like five bucks and like this is literally irreplaceable yeah i read that too she had had her moccasins and two other items at least severely damaged and they said with depreciation something that was made in 1910 is only worth five dollars now and she goes no this is a family heirloom it's irreplaceable you owe me thousands of dollars and they said no wouldn't give it to her Yeah, which is extremely rude on the airline's part. Yeah. 
that's just being obnoxious and not acknowledging what the actual item was. Yeah, it's incredibly culturally insensitive and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So just remember that just because your pants that you paid were worth 50 bucks, they're going to tell you it's five bucks because you've had it for a year. So carry on items so you can't lose your items from the airline or what have you or anything and saves you money too. Yep. And if you're really extreme and the airline only lets you carry a personal item, it can be done. You can pack for an entire week in just a personal item. So keep that in mind. Though you- Laundry will be your friend. Exactly. It- you might not be willing to go that extreme, but if push comes to shove, you can do it. You can do it. That's what I said. Glad we agree. <laughs> <laughs> also, just a random hobby of Sarah and mine's is we like going into like grocery stores and like drugstores and just looking at stuff that we don't have at home, which also pans out because shopping at the local supermarkets, like Bonus in Iceland, probably one of my favorite tips that I found online, that can save you a lot of money to go shopping at the grocery store and get stuff that you can make at your place of accommodation. I don't know. Some of them it's a little bit harder, like hotels, you probably can't get access to a stove or or anything. But, you know, if you're able to cook at the place that you're staying, I highly recommend it. Check out the supermarkets because it's really kind of fun for shopping for foods that you're not necessarily fully familiar with and building a meal. It's fun to look at all the stuff that you don't have. Plus, it's also kind of like a fun cooking roulette because you can't always read the instructions or read the ingredients. So you never quite know what you're going to get. But don't do that if you have allergies. That would be bad. Yes. But it's it's fun. Pretend you have your own international cooking show or you're on an episode of Chopped and make those items that look good. Give it a try. Maybe find something that's a safe bet and something that's a little bit riskier and just give it a try. You'll be pleasantly surprised most times, I feel. Yeah. And shopping like a local will always be less expensive than shopping like a tourist. Yeah. Because you could probably get more food from the supermarket than you can eating out at somewhere. Yeah. And it could be a more fulfilling experience. Maybe you're staying at a hostel and someone that knows a little bit more about the place that you're at can help you. Or you're like new my friends. friend Bryn who meets a guy in a hostel who just happens to have a spare toothbrush. Maybe that's not the experience you want, but the person who can help you cook, that would be a good experience. Yes. So it could be a fun way to get to know people that are staying at the same place you are. Fun way to sh- try foods and see what kind of foods that, you know, are predominant in their supermarkets. It's just fun. It's really interesting to go into a store that you've never seen before and just peruse. What I really like is in a lot of stores in Europe, like the larger sized ones will have an international aisle and looking at what they think is American food will never stop being entertaining to me. Hilarious. Like it's so fun. Baked beans and Oreos right next to each other on the shelf. Or the weird way they advertise it as being American. Mm -hmm. So many American flags. (laughs) It's just it's just a fun time looking around. I don't know. Don't forget to pick up some candy to try because that's always delightful too. Agreed. There's That's always one of the highlights for me when I go in and I find a weird candy bar I've never seen before because sometimes it's really good and you'll be depressed that you can't get it at home and sometimes it'll be so awful that you will can't you just can't believe it's marketed to children. Yeah. You kind of wonder who are the children of the world that like this? <laughs> but you know they exist. Clearly they just have a different palette elsewhere in the world. Yeah. And it's usually cheap so it's okay to pick up a few to try. Yeah, treat yourself. Treat yourself. More money, more travel. You keep trying to wrench that in there and it is not happening. This is not your fetch or it is your fetch because it's not going to happen. Oh, wow. 
Don't cry, Gretchen Wieners. And none for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> uh, another useful tip is making sure that you're checking calendars for museums because a lot of them will offer a free day. Yeah, usually, I mean, I can only speak for LA. I think it was the first Tuesday of every month or something like that. Lots of museums want to make their collections accessible even to those who can't afford the ticket price. And so they will have a free day. So just do a little Googling. Also Google uh, free activities in City X and see what they've got because not everything you do as a tourist or a traveler needs to be something you pay for. There are plenty of things that you can see for free, like gardens and parks and waterfronts, beaches, and you know, all of that kind of stuff. There are things that you can experience without having to fork over cash. Because not only are they trying to appeal to the tourists, but they're also trying to appeal to the locals of like, hey, come check out, you know, you came here last month and you saw this exhibit, but now we have something else. Come check it out. They're always wanting to get people into the these places and check it out and learn history, learn why it's there and the importance of it. So take advantage of free days. Yeah, I think that's an interesting fact about being local to a tourist destination is that there could be things in your own city that you've never experienced because they're seen as touristy. Like, I don't know how many people I know from Seattle who've never been up the Space Needle, but... What? I've totally been in the Space Needle. I had a friend who was married in the Space Needle, so I've been up it a few times. But when they do these events, to make things free and open them up to the public it's because they want the locals to actually know you know stuff about their own city because that's you just sometimes ignore the stuff that doesn't seem like it's meant for you yeah you're like oh that's so touristy i shouldn't do that no it's there for you too. be a part of your city and its history yep agreed not that that's really applicable for the purposes of this where you're someone traveling somewhere else but take advantage be a of part those of things. someone else's history and city exactly and i like museums too art history historical. I think they're all really cool. I learned stuff. I think they're all really cool except for that one in Dresden with all the BDSM gear. The one that scarred you for life. (laughs) So the next item on our list is whenever possible, take public transit or walk instead of taking a cab or an Uber. You will save money this way. Big time. Yes, taking transit or walking will take longer than taking a car directly to where you want to go, but the trade-off is you get to see a little bit more. Sure, it's not a direct route. Maybe it's a little bit more circuitous, but you will see things from a different perspective. And walking, literally, there's no better payoff price to experience. I'm, yes. I know there's a meme that goes around a lot where it's like a map of the whole of Africa and Asia and Europe. And there's like a path leading from the, the Cape of Africa or the Horn of Africa all the way up into Russia. And it's like, we've all got that one friend who thinks, don't worry, it's not that far. We can walk it. And I know I am that friend. Yes, you are. So, when we were in London, we figured, oh, we can walk from where we were to Oxford Street. It'll be really cool. We'll cut through the theater district. So that walk ended up being a lot longer than I think we actually anticipated. So we only did it once, but it was really worth it because we actually got to cut through the theater district and see all the happenings there and everything and all the billboards. So it was worth it, but it was one of those, let's take the tube back. Well, I just think there's something to be said for experiencing things from the street level. Oh, for sure. You miss out so much if you're on undergrounds or anything. Yes, it's faster, but maybe do that walk at least once. Yeah, I'm always going to advocate for walking over anything else. And I think I've just always been a walker. Like when I was in college, I'd walk three miles to get to the bank to make a deposit and all my friends thought I was crazy. Yeah, but I like the fresh air. I like having time to clear my head. I like seeing what's going on. So yeah, I could call an Uber, but that's cost money and there's no real 
real experience to it. Like the little glimpse of slice of life is really fun. Yeah, I like being outside. I don't mind walking. It's just sometimes if it's a little bit further than you thought, it's not quite as enjoyable to do multiple times, but it's totally worth it to do at least once. At the very least, see everything because you can miss out on so much. Yeah, I agree. Plus public transit in particular, there's a reason their systems are set up that way. There's a reason the locals use it. It's probably pretty decent so long as you're outside the US. Mm -hmm. Inside the US, uh, it's a little touch and go. We're not so good at it, yeah. But it works. It's probably pretty logically laid out and it's going to be at a price point that's affordable for the masses. Remember, you, you have other options other than taking a cab or an Uber to save money because you're taking the train is going to be a fraction of the price versus a cab or Uber too. And walking's free. Exactly. And I don't think I've helped a few friends plan trips to the UK. I mean, predominantly London. And they'll all say things like, oh, well, I think we'll just catch a cab from the airport. Do not, do not, do not, do not take a cab from any London airport to anywhere unless you are going two blocks away, in which case just walk. I read a post recently about a woman who took a cab from Stansted into, actually, no, I think it might have been Gatwick. It was one of the London airports. It wasn't Heathrow into the city center. And it didn't occur to her that cabs would be expensive. And when she arrived, it cost her 220 pounds. Oh, because unlike this, the metro system, the tube, cabs are subjected to traffic and London has a meter is running and London has a lot of traffic. So if you hit Mm -hmm. any kind of buildup, you are going to be stuck and that meter is going to keep running. And if you're on like the M25, you can't get off. So that meter is going to keep running. Yeah. So uh, if you're going to take a cab, Google a price estimate before you get in that cab, because there are going to be cases where you just need to get in a car. That happens. But do your research because it really can cost an absolute arm and a leg. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Don't get that surprise, Bill. No, that's not going to be pleasant for anybody. Also on that note, uh, try looking into taking a train versus flying everywhere. Uh, Sometimes trains are going to be cheaper or about the same price, but you can see a lot more of the in-between. I don't know if you're going between countries or cities, you get a lot more view of where you're staying at. Uh, My friend and I, we ended up taking a train from Italy up to Switzerland and then to Germany, and we got to study a lot of the beautiful countries and just things you would have missed if you flew. It was gorgeous. It took longer, but it was beautiful. Yeah, and trains are just so comfortable is the thing. Like airplanes, you're really packed in there. I don't know. I Whenever possible, I will take a train. And uh, right now in Sweden, I believe is where it originated, there's a movement to never take planes again, which is, I don't think that's necessarily feasible. But um, it's a group of young people who've started a campaign to travel by train because it's so much more beneficial to the environment. Well, not beneficial, <laughs> not beneficial to the environment, but less detrimental than flying. That for the carbon output of a single flight, you could take something like 50,000 train rides. Holy crap. Yeah. That's a lot. It's pretty impressive to the point where the airport in Stockholm has seen, I think, a 8% reduction in passengers, which is significant. Like that's nothing to shake a stick at. That's pretty impressive for a 
single year. That's pretty significant, and that's pretty cool that they're they're realizing why trains became a thing for transportation and why it's still nice to use them versus flying. Yeah, exactly. And I think as people who travel frequently, it's really easy to say, "Well, I've got to fly." And well, yes and no. There are definitely places we cannot get to any other way than by plane. But for people within Europe, where you're so interconnected and there's so many destinations you could get to, I think it's smart. It's the it's probably the right way to go, even as tickets for airplanes get cheaper and cheaper. And it is, it's more comfortable. I'm definitely more comfortable and relaxed on a train than I am a plane. Probably sleep better on a train than I do a plane, actually. You go out like a light either way, but I think you go a little bit faster on a plane, or on a train. It's just not as noisy. It's just the seats are more comfortable. You actually do have more leg room. I think it's, yeah, trains are just a little bit more enjoyable for transportation. And if I can, I'd rather go train, I think, for where I can. I mean, there's a lot of advertisements even in the States about the the trains with a more open viewing on the top. Mm-hmm. So wherever you're going to, you can see the night sky. You can get more views of where you're traveling through. And that's something that's appealed to me. And I'm like, ooh, vacation. I think the challenge that we have in the US over many other places is that our train tracks are first and foremost for shipping. And yes. they take priority on the rails over passenger trains. So we do have a whole lot more delays than other places do. But I'm also a kid that grew up near train tracks, so I'm kind of used to waiting on trains and hearing them. So I don't know. I just, it appeals to me. Yeah. Well, that's something to think about. It's a little nostalgic. I don't know. Where you can take trains, look into it. It could be cheaper. It might take longer, but your views are going to be stunning because you're going to go through places that you're just not going to be able to see. Yeah. Unless you're going through Middle America because it's going to be a lot, a lot of fields for a lot of hours. A lot of corn. Lots of corn. We love our corn. Lots of corn. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, if you like corn, it's a good option. I highly recommend Nebraska then because I'm pretty sure that's where the corn palace is. (laughs) Who doesn't love a good corn palace? Yeah. I don't remember what city, but I remember driving close near it on a road trip with my dad and sister before. So if you're into corn, Nebraska. (laughs) Or Iowa. Let's Um, start a fight between the two. Which one has the better corn? I don't know. Our our final tip is something that should be a little bit of a no-brainer to anybody who's ever traveled outside of the US. Sometimes it's just easier to do the hostel versus hotels. Yeah. So there's a few trade-offs is that hostels aren't always super comfortable. They are going to be the bargain basement option in most places. You might not get very nice mattresses. You might have to climb to the top of a bunk bed. I don't mind that though. I like bunk beds. <laughs> I think it's fun for something different. It's not going to be my everyday bed but kind of fun well if you like fun then maybe a hostel's for you um if you're okay in a more open environment sharing yeah and the thing is is that hostels aren't always the cheapest option sometimes there's hotels that are cheaper but sometimes it's the same price and you have to decide do i want the prison bathroom shower or a private bathroom shower You just kind of have to do your research and dig in because I wouldn't, here, I'll say this. I would not operate under the assumption that hostels are the best option every time, but... I also wouldn't operate under the assumption that hotels are going to be your best option every time either. Exactly. So do a price comparison. If you are flexible enough to be comfortable in a hostel, look there first because usually that is the cheapest option. But just because it's the cheapest option doesn't mean it's the best value because those are two different things. And some hostels will let you have a 
private room with your own bathroom. So if it's a better, a more affordable option for you that works, then do that. I mean, you got to look at the pictures. I mean, sometimes it might have more of a party vibe and that's not what you're really interested in to this trip or in general. So look at that. Look at pictures. Look at reviews. See what people are saying and posting about it to find one that's going to fit what you're looking for in a place to stay. If it's one night and you just need somewhere decent and clean to stay and it's more of a party place, then maybe why not? It's one night, but look into it. If you're a solo traveler and you need that community, a hostel is the way to go because you're not going to meet random people in a hotel. A hotel is very isolating, especially if you're by yourself. Unless... Unless the drunk guy's there and he's doing his turn down service. I still don't think that exists yet, but you know. No, no, no. The one that was just going down the hallway and they barged into the room and locked the door for the, the two travelers. I feel like that was still a hostel. You might get the drunk guy service in a no, hostel. No, it was a hotel. Okay. <laughs> that was a hotel, remember? There was a lot of drunk guys in that episode. Was there? There was a couple. You gotta research. Research the location. Sometimes your only option for somewhere that's gonna be a little bit closer to the city center is going to be a hostel too. Yep, they tend to be pretty centrally located. Not always, but sometimes. So so research. Yeah. Research, research, research. Do a little comparison. Include price, uh, whether or not you have a private bathroom, its location, and then... Accommodations. Yeah, exactly. And then figure out from there. But if you are looking for bargain basement cheap, affordable, hostels are probably your good jumping off. And there's a lot of good ones too. They're not all bad. No, they truly aren't. Like some of the ones I went to in New Zealand are better than a lot of the hotels we've been to. And then sometimes you actually get some pretty rad people in your dorm that you have a conversation with and you can learn quite a bit from each other. And sometimes you get a weird lady who has a stack of dirty dishes on her bed that rattle all night. Or the one that doesn't seem to care about other people's items and just helps themselves to whatever's out and visible. Oh, I did that once. (gasps) Well, I mean, you know, I guess it's to balance out the lady that's like, oh, look, a hairdryer. <laughs> so I was at a hostel in Wellington and I was filling out some form I had to fill out. I don't remember what it was exactly, but I saw a pen sticking out of someone's bag and I took it. I filled out the form and then I looked at it and I realized it said what a workshop on it. Oh, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is mine now. <laughs> Souvenir pen. And I still feel kind of bad about it, but it was really cool and I really wanted it. I'm a horrible that person. That person might have stolen it too. Oh, I'm sure she did. And actually, I think she had two sticking out of her bag. So I felt slightly less bad because she clearly like just grabbed a handful and ran. Hell yeah. But yeah, I still have it. It's somewhere at my parents' house. But I mean, in hostel situations, we've also ended up talking to like some of the coolest older ladies that were staying in a hostel. So you never know who you're going to interact with or meet. So. It's, it could be totally worth it. In Edinburgh, we ended up in a room with a gal that we started talking to and she was interested in going to the castle and we were too. So we ended up going together and spending the day together and it was pretty fun. Yeah, meet, you'll meet more people in a hostel. That is without a doubt true. If you want to. If you don't want to, I mean, disengage and walk away. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't have to be instant friends, but you could end up checking out some sites with some pretty cool people that you wouldn't have interacted with if you're just at a hotel. So keep an open mind. Yeah. So I think that- Any other fun tips of the week? Yes. I Tips for this money saving. <laughs> 
Wait, more tips for this section or the tip of the week? Either. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. So I think that wraps up our biggie, like our biggest tips for saving money while traveling. There's definitely more ways than this. They tend to be specific to where you're traveling. So if you are unsure about how to save money, go ahead and Google. See if there's a city pass. But keep in mind that in order to get the most out of your city pass to make it actually valuable, you almost always have to do everything on the city pass to make it worth your money. So don't assume those are the best deal either. Um, Keep in mind things like the hop on hop hop off buses. They are also subject to traffic. So depending on where you're going, they may or may not be a good deal as well. Um, But yeah, those are our big tips. Start with those and do further research on your own. Keep an open mind. So I think that brings us to the tip of the week. And I will be doing the tip this week. And my tip is in light of what we just said, don't always assume that the cheapest option on paper is really the cheapest option because you have to factor in the fact that your time is also valuable. So taking a 17 hour train ride may be cheaper than flying for whatever reason, hypothetically, but you're also losing 17 hours when a flight could save you time and therefore give you more opportunity to see things when you arrive. So factor that in. Your time has a value and weigh your options with that in mind. I like it. That's smart. I'm smart sometimes. Unless you want 17 hours of sitting views and not exploring views. You know what I mean? Could be. But just in general, the cheapest option could be costly in other ways. Like a super duper cheap hotel might cost you a kidney. Who knows? Uh, Not every cost is monetary. That's very, very true, actually. Uh, Yeah. Well, and again, it's all about research. Think about it in terms of a restaurant. Like, are you going to get that super sketchy food that only costs a dollar? Or are you willing to pay a little bit more to not get food poisoning? Hard pass on the food poisoning for me, please. See? Not spending time on a toilet has value. It does. It does. All right. I think that is it for us today so remember while you're traveling it doesn't have to be expensive you can find ways to save money where you need it be a responsible tourist and please be mindful of your trash and your plastic items that you're using yeah because your adventures should not come at someone else's expense whether it's human or animal unless you have a sugar daddy then it should come at someone else's expense yeah oh that should have been our tip get a sugar daddy (laughs) damn this episode would have been so much shorter today's episode is get a sugar daddy Okay, the end. Bye. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Sugar Daddies. Sugar Daddies, for when you're too broke. Uh, check us out, people that want to sponsor podcasts. We're really good at reading copies. Or check us out, Sugar Daddies. Or at least me, not her. She's taken. Yeah, yeah. I'll leave that to you, and then I'll just kind of help mooch. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that does it for us this week. Join us next week for more travel insight, thoughts, adventures, nonsense, babbling. Lots of babbling. Lots of babbling, yeah. But uh, don't forget, it's an adventure. So get yourself that Sugar Daddy. And get yourself out there. Okay, bye. <laughs> Bye! Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. Don't forget to tell your friends about us and subscribe so you never miss a thing. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can check us out on our website, www.c2unknown.com. Want to know what we do on our off time? You can find both Sarah and I on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah is at S-A-R underscore S, and I'm at Hooligan Monster on both. 
We would also love to hear from you. Send us an email with your stories and travel tips to cedounknown at gmail.com. Until then, it's an adventure. Bye!